Welcome to Pulse of the Caribbean, Caribbean News Roundup. Here's a look at some of our Caribbean headlines for today. Puerto Rico leads United States in COVID-19 vaccination, White House says. Guyanese United Arab Emirates firm in joint $1 billion manufacturing facility venture. CARICOM hashes out its agenda for United Nations Climate Change Conference. And Barbados High Commissioner Milton Innes presents credentials in Malta. These and other stories on today's Pulse of the Caribbean, Caribbean News Roundup for Wednesday, October 20th. We start our report today in Puerto Rico. NBC News reports that Puerto Rico leads all states and U.S. territories in COVID-19 prevention and vaccination rates, the White House said. The White House Office of Intergovernmental Affairs cited data from the Center for Disease Control and Prevention on Monday, showing that Puerto Rico had the highest rate of total COVID-19 vaccination doses administered. In total, Puerto Rico has administered more than 4.8 million vaccination doses, according to the CDC. As of Tuesday, 72% of Puerto Rico's 3.2 million residents Residents were fully vaccinated, according to NBC News's vaccination tracker. The percentage surpasses those of Vermont and Guam, where 70% and 71% of the prospective populations have been immunized. People living in Puerto Rico avoided overwhelming their already fragile health care system during the coronavirus pandemic, mainly because of extraordinary measures the local government put in place early on and people's willingness to comply with them. Puerto Rico also implemented the longest pandemic-related curfew of any U.S. jurisdiction, as well as an on-and-off lockdowns, among other restrictions that serve to prevent the spread of COVID-19. So far, community spread in 54 of Puerto Rico's 78 municipalities or towns remain moderate, according to the CDC, while 17 towns report low community transmission rates. Since the start of the pandemic, at least 151,034 COVID-19 cases were confirmed in Puerto Rico, according to the local Department of Health. The virus killed at least 3,209 people on the island. Despite having a rough start in its efforts to combat the pandemic, with the lowest per capita testing rate compared to any state and no island-wide contract tracing, Puerto Rico was among the first U.S. jurisdictions to mandate masks alongside New Jersey. iNews Guyana reports that coming out of Guyana's participation in the Dubai World Expo 2020, a memorandum of understanding for a joint venture has been signed that will see a Guyanese company partnering with Unidome Global DWC LLC to construct a $5 million manufacturing facility. The signing of the agreement took place at Unidome Global MENA headquarters between the United Emirates base company and Guyanese engineering and construction firm Global Infrastructure Solutions Guyana Incorporated. It was explained in a statement from Smart City Clearing Company that 
The $5 million investment will allow Unidome to create a state-of-the-art biaxial voided slab technology to build and develop infrastructure for Guyana's oil and gas industry. This technology will become a critical building block as Guyana pursues an aggressive plan of building a deep water harbor and a 100-mile deep natural gas pipeline as well as numerous shore bases and industrial zones throughout the world's fastest growing oil-producing nations, the statement said. Meanwhile, Guyana's Office for Investment, Go Invest, Chief Executive Officer Dr. Peter Ramsarup spoke of the importance of the investment in the context of Guyana's blooming oil and gas industry. With many shore bases coming online and over 2,000 hotel rooms in development, technologies like the Unidome and partnerships with local Guyanese companies like Global Infrastructure Solutions Guyana Inc. are critical to Guyana's long-term success, he said. The St. Kitts Nevis Observer reports that the Caribbean community CARICOM countries have discussed key issues that the 15-member grouping will highlight at the upcoming United Nations Climate Change Conference, COP26, in Scotland starting later this month. A statement issued on Tuesday noted that two weeks ahead of the COP26, which opens in Glasgow on October 31st, regional stakeholders participated in a three-hour virtual session for presentations and to dialogue on the key issues that the region will spotlight at the COP26 that ends on November 12th. CARICOM Secretary General Dr. Carla Barnett described the last several months of preparation as a period to crystallize the region's priorities and positions and thanked the Belize-based Caribbean Community Climate Change Center for its work in leading the region's preparation. Barnett stressed the importance of collective action to support adaptation and mitigation at national, regional, and international levels. We have overwhelming scientific evidence from various intergovernmental panel on climate change reports of the threat that uncontrolled temperatures rise will have on small island developing states. We remain concerned about the level of ambition in submitted nationally determined contributions. There is the urgent need to close the emission gap to maintain global warming to well below 1.5 degrees Celsius. Professor Michael Taylor of the University of the West Indies in his Countdown to Zero presentation said, COP26 is a politically significant moment for accelerating ambition, noting that 1.5 degrees does not represent a safe climate for the world or for small island developing states. He quoted the Intergovernmental Panel on Climate Change Report, which states that global warming of 1.5 degrees Celsius and 2 degrees Celsius will be exceeded during the 21st century unless deep reductions in CO2 and other greenhouse gas emissions occur in the coming decades. 
The outcome from the November 1st to 12th COP26 can have profound impacts on our Earth as we know it, and many view it as the last best chance for political leaders to avert a climate catastrophe, which would be unavoidable if global warming exceeds 1.5 degrees Celsius. It means there must be zero tolerance on the net zero emissions if we want to realize the future we want, Professor Taylor said. The Glasgow Climate Change Conference takes place during what the region describes as a historic time with multiple crises and a rapidly closing window of opportunity for an effective global response, according to the statement. In other CARICOM news, the CARICOM Council for Foreign and Community Relations held a special meeting October 16th through 17th, hosted by the Council General of Jamaica in Miami, Florida. It was the first in-person meeting of the Council of Foreign and Community Relations since the onset of the COVID-19 pandemic in January 2022. The meeting was strategic in intent and provided the opportunity to define common positions and to thereby strengthen the coordination of approaches on foreign policy matters. Views were expressed on a CARICOM Vision 2050 and strategic positioning of the community in that regard. Threats and opportunities were outlined and discussions centered on the web of relations with international partners, third states, as well as regional and international organizations, which would help to shape a strategic foreign policy agenda for the community. The meeting agenda also included the multifaceted effects of COVID-19, including inequitable access to vaccines and the emerging two-tiered system of vaccine approval related to international travel, as well as the barriers to access to concessional financing and other obstacles to economic recovery. Attention was paid to bilateral and multilateral relations within the Western Hemisphere, as well as to concerns arising from areas of political instability in the wider Caribbean region. Discussions on the community's relation with the regional and hemispheric organizations was also undertaken with a view to strengthen that interface. The situation in Haiti was discussed and possible modes of intervention by CARICOM to assist a Haiti-driven solution were explored. Deliberations also took place with regards to extra-regional partnerships, with focus being placed on the recent strengthening of relations with Africa and the required follow-up to the first summit last month. Relations with organizations of Africa, Caribbean and Pacific states, and the Commonwealth were also discussed. Barbados Today reports that High Commissioner of Barbados in the United Kingdom, Milton Innes, presented letters of credence to President of the Republic of Malta, H.E. Dr. George Vela, on September 30th. The ceremony marked the second formal accreditation for the High Commissioner, the first installation being to the Holy See in May 2021. 
The ceremony was particularly poignant because it signaled a significant turning point in the history of Barbados and the looming end of the Queen as head of state. It was probably the last accreditation ceremony for the High Commissioner with Her Majesty's inscription on the Letters of Credence. The next phase will be endorsed by the President of the Republic of Barbados. Since the establishment of diplomatic relations on October 21, 2005, the government of Barbados and Malta have enjoyed some milestones of achievement. However, the High Commissioner's appointment was a pledge of Barbados's commitment to a more robust bilateral partnership. It was a further indicator that both countries could capitalize on the signed double taxation agreement established two decades ago. Such initiatives are precursors to boost tourism, trade, and investment. In fulfillment of Barbados's foreign policy imperative of strengthening closer relations with its existing partners, Barbados and Malta will forge ahead in building synergies that promote economic prosperity and sustainability development. And finally, the Cayman Compass reports that Simon Morris, a Canadian sculptor who created two of the best-known underwater statues in Grand Cayman, has been nominated to be inducted in a prestigious Royal Canadian Geographic Society College of Fellows. Amphitrite, the mermaid statue at the Sunset House dive site in Georgetown and the guardian of the reef at Dive Tech Lighthouse Point in West Bay, are popular landmarks among the dive community in the Cayman Islands. Morris created the statues in 2000 and 2014, respectively. He also created Tradition, a statue featuring seafarers that stands in Hero Square in Georgetown in 2003. Morris is among three people nominated for the Royal Canadian Geographic Society College of Fellows by photographer and author Britnell, who also nominated artist Roy Henry Vickers and photographer Stuart Sheldon. The College of Fellows includes many of Canada's foremost geographers, scientists, artists, anthropologists, soldiers, business leaders, historians, philanthropists, and educators. This has been your Pulse of the Caribbean, Caribbean News Roundup for Wednesday, October 20th. I'm Keisha Wallace. For more Caribbean news stories and information, visit us online at pulseofthecaribbean.com and follow us on Facebook.